Pastor Brad Bailey from Brandon Baptist Tabernacle in Brandon, Florida. To my left, a very talented and skilled, God-fearing man, Jeremy Boggs, joining us again today, helping us out here in the discussion. Going to be very entertaining with him on hand. And then behind the camera, behind the microphone, behind the sound booth is Zachary Taylor. He's behind us all. I'm not eating any donuts this time. Absolutely, <laughs> man. I called you out and got you on that one. So he is helping us out, hopefully making us sound good. We need all the help we can get on that point. And uh, we are here today to revisit the Galatians chapter 6 passage where we are talking about um, our verse-by-verse study here through the book of Galatians. It's been a great trip, guys. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed the book. And uh, I love the passion of the Apostle Paul and the, you know, the fire and the ire that he has, you know, when he jumps into the ring and just goes to swinging, man. I love that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I know we're supposed to be meek and mild and we're supposed to be gentle shepherds, but at the same time, but at the same time, I like a good fight. Yeah. Right? So uh, that's been Galatians for Paul. Very passionate about the book, very passionate about the subject. And um, uh, we've come now to the last chapter. And so let's see. We're going to try to take off a small bite here and get ourselves involved in some discussion here about Galatians chapter number six. But before we do that, we have uh, we have a couple of items that we were merchandising. The shirts, remember the yeah, the beard shirts, the uh, blessed to be bearded shirts. Uh, we still have those. We have a couple of books on hand that we can make available to you. All kinds of stuff here for the Cherishing Scripture podcast. And so let's remind you real quickly to subscribe, like if you're on YouTube. Uh, go through that process. You can also find us on these other formats. Podcast formats were available, and uh, we hope that you're getting a blessing out of it. We really appreciate comments and questions. Uh, we do take those seriously. We even have people from time to time contact our church here with prayer requests. Uh, I can give you my word; none of that gets overlooked. Every every single thing that you send to us, uh, we take it seriously, and we uh, we want to be a blessing to our listeners. Yeah. So, um, Galatians six verse one. Can I read it, guys? Is that okay? Yeah. So Galatians six verse one. Last week we got verse one. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. That was a good start, but we're moving on. Verse two. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another, for every man shall bear his own burden. I think that's about as much as we'll be able to take in in this short setting together here. So it's a great passage, you know, just reviewing a little bit about what we talked about last week, and you guys just jump in here whenever or wherever you like as well. But uh, the concept of restoring a fallen brother is under discussion here. And he makes it clear that the qualification to handle such a an event is the spiritual. Mm-hmm. Ye which are spiritual, restore such in one of the spirit of meekness. Now, we've seen every kind of a scenario you can imagine. Yeah. And we've seen it handled right. We've seen them handled wrong. And uh, in this passage, I think what he's saying is the the idea of a non-spiritual or a carnal believer or a self-seeking, self-serving believer uh, handling these types of issues is what brings, you know, the most damage because mm. they're just inconsiderate. They don't consider themselves. Right. 
they don't consider the burden of the person and the experience of the person. And so, um, verse one was, was good. Yeah, it was very helpful. Yep. Very good. And, uh, and I'll confess this, I don't know if you guys are interested in, in confession either, but I'll confess there's been times I had to be restored. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been times when I stumbled and fell and speaking from my own point of view, I'm glad someone spiritual was there Yeah, to step in and say, Hey, let me help you get through this. Yeah. Let me restore you and lift you up above this, uh, this reproach. Yeah. So, yeah, I really like this, uh, this barrier, another one of burdens type deal. It always reminds me of like a, like a, uh, like when you're bench pressing and you have a, a spotter, a spotter who spots you, right? When the yeah. burden becomes so heavy, that spotter right. can help you lift and carry that back yeah. up to the... You the, lifted it once, you lifted it twice, maybe you lifted it 10 times. Yeah. Well, sooner or later, you're going to get tired. You're going to fall. It's gonna, you can't do it by yourself. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. I like... That's a good illustration because, you know, another thing about that, um, when you're talking about burdens is uh, to bring the gym aspect into it. Me personally, when I work out, I like having a spotter there because I feel like I can push myself to do more because mm. I know someone's there to yeah that back catch it if it falls right and you know in the church aspect when you know you have someone in your corner that's going to be there you're almost willing to do more than what you think you can do because you know worse comes to worse you have you have a faithful brother uh, beside you to come up and lift that load with you yeah. And that's actually the word that he's using here. He's talking about weights. Mm-hmm. I just confirmed it, you know, by looking at the definition here. Um, th- there is a contrast in this opening section of chapter six. If you jump all the way down to verse five, where we closed, he actually says, "For every man shall bear his own burden." And there's a difference between the burden of verse five and the burdens of verse two. Um, uh, two words there that are being used, but completely different. Two English words rendered in English, burden or burdens. But in Greek, they're two completely separate words. And the first word that we're looking at in verse 2 here um, could refer to a yoke. Mm-hmm. Bear another's burdens. Bear ye one another's burdens. And so a yoke was designed uh, to harness two animals under one burden. Mm-hmm. But when you get down to verse 5, the word for burden there. The word picture for it is a pack. And when we're talking about a pack, for, for example, today, you know, we have backpacks and things of that nature, just much like they did back in those days. That's designed for one person. Yeah. So there are some burdens that other people can help you with. There are some burdens that you can get under a yoke and you can get a team of oxen or another ox to, to help you carry that burden. But then there are some burdens, according to Galatians 6, you have to bear that on your own. Mm. You have to... You have to just man up, get your shoulders under it, and bear that on your own. So it changes in the phasing of, of these two words, the uh, ap- application of these two words, both the same words in English, but in Greek, it's two completely different concepts. So the bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ, I think we get that in verse 2, but verse 3 is where he starts getting really personal, and your personal battles and your personal burdens are beginning to manifest themselves. So verse 3, If any man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. So this is Mm self-image. This is your self-perception. And this is part of what the Apostle Paul was addressing in Galatians is the arrogance of these uh, Judaizers in Galatia who are more or less 
uh, fronting themselves as, in some way or another, the standard. Yeah. The, we're the ones that everybody else should be measured by. Yeah. But they're really dirty on the inside. Yeah. Like that message or that Jesus taught when he, or when he was rebuking him and he was talking in parables, the clean cup on the outside. Right. And the dirty cup on the in, in the inside. Right. And uh, that's yeah. the I mean, that's the hard part. Is there's a lot of Christians who typically nowadays think they're better than most, yeah. uh, whether it's on a spiritual level or or whatever it had to be, uh, even to the point to where it almost affects our pulpits. Sure it does. To where uh, I'm I'm more spiritual. I know more than you do, so don't question me on what right. what I on what I tell you. Very dangerous. What I say. Very dangerous, and and you know I think that you know what the Apostle Paul. If you look at the continuity of the text here. Uh, he goes from the spiritual man who is able to help the offending brother in verse 1. Mm-hmm. You which are spiritual, uh, restore such a one a spirit of meekness. But by the time we get to verse number 3, this person is so self-absorbed. That's the guy that you don't want handling church discipline. Yeah. If he thinks that he has never done anything wrong, and if he thinks that he is the uh, the measuring stick that everyone else has to measure up to, mm-hmm. um, he is obviously going to be a problem when it comes to handling these spiritual matters in the church. So if you think yourself to be something, when in actuality you're nothing, and I find that to be, uh, <laughs> you know, that's that's pretty deflating, isn't yeah. it? You know, he said, look, you, you think you're something. Actually, let me tell you what you are. You're nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's he talking about? He's talking about all of us. Yeah. Right? Without Christ... Without his righteousness, we have no bragging rights. Right. right. We have no righteousness of our own. And, and so uh, it's self-deceptive. Yeah, and that's also kind of, you know, makes me think about also that there are some people who are too good to carry uh, to carry burdens or carry, yeah. help carry other burdens. But really, I mean, even, I mean, we're all <laughs> supposed to serve and carry each other's burdens. I mean, sure. Jesus served his disciples. He carried burdens with them. Um, and so even... Even the, a master didn't even consider himself yeah. above. Yeah, he said, "I didn't come burden. to be served; I came to serve." Yeah, that's exactly right. And so he he never uh, he, he said, "I thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death." You know, so Jesus even even Jesus mm-hmm. knew his place. Even Jesus knew his role, and uh, he was certainly more uh, qualified to brag than we are. But he wouldn't do it. Yeah had no interest in that. So if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. I want to just, if we can, just chat about this self-deception stuff. Uh, I was taught in college by one of our professors, one of our Ph.D.-level professors in college. He actually taught us that a Christian cannot be deceived unless he deceives himself. Hmm. I found that to be an incredibly interesting discussion that we had that uh, that particular semester. Um, and he took the passage... Um, uh, from the, the tribulation that um, he that Antichrist would deceive if it were possible even the elect. But yeah. he puts that little free, if it were possible. If it was possible. And insinuating that if you're truly saved, or in that passage as it describes being elect, if you're truly saved, you can't be deceived um, by false teaching and you can't be deceived by uh, evil spirits. He also threw in in that discussion that semester, he threw in that portion of Scripture that says uh, the Spirit of God will guide you into all truth. Mm-hmm. And so he said the Spirit of God is responsible for your deception. Yeah. 
And if the Spirit of God is doing His job, you cannot be deceived unless, and He, he always emphasized that, unless you're self-deceived. Hmm. And that is um, really kind of defended here in verse number 3. Uh, you think yourself something when you're nothing what He deceiveth Himself, uh, which is a pretty strong way to, to put this. You know, it's a, uh, the word is a mind misleader. It means to delude. That's the verb deceiving himself here yeah so i found that interesting yeah it goes along great with the next part where he says let every man prove his own works yeah so examine yourself yeah so this is that pack we're mm -hmm. not talking about the yoke anymore mm -hmm. don't deceive yourself that's the pack you have to carry yeah don't think you're more than you should be that's the pack you have to carry and then what you mentioned here let every man prove his own work and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. See, and this is kind of what confused me about when I would hear people say that James and Paul's books were contradictory. It's like, if you read Paul's books, he strongly believed in works. He just didn't believe in salvation by works. Yeah. Right. And even in this case, he says that you have to prove your own work. Yeah. And it's it's an aspect of it. I mean, there's like you said, there are things you have to do on your own. And this is one of them. Like, don't thank yourself to be something. You have to prove your own work, and then shall you have rejoicing in yourself. Yeah, and I think it really goes back to to the original issue of Galatians. You know, the 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 greater context of the book of Galatians has been about, you know, who is saved and who is lost, and interestingly, it's the Judaizers who are always pointing a finger. Yeah, uh, you have a beard, you're lost. You know, or you you your wife isn't dressed modestly, you're lost. And that's why he's. You're thinking yourself to be more than you are. Right. You know. You you're imagining yourself to be a uh, a more articulate Christian or a more. Uh, you have the rights to judgmentalism, mm -hmm. and he says you're thinking of yourself more than you ought. And he yeah. said you need to be brought down, bear that burden yourself, bear your own burden. So I'm of the opinion also closing out verse four, when he says. Um, uh, then shall you have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. This is a salvation discussion. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not to sit in judgment of your salvation. Right. You know, Jesus even said that when he gave the parable of the wheat and the tares. He said, "There's going to be tares among the wheat," and all of a sudden, you know, that that raises this suspicion in people's minds. Oh, there's lost people in the church. You know, what, we got to find out who that is. And he said, "Don't." Mm -hmm. He said, "Let the tares grow among the wheat until right. the judgment." And 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 what he's telling us is, no one else is qualified to make that kind of judgment or to pass that kind of judgment on someone uh, other than the person of Jesus Christ himself. So I love that fourth verse. I think it's yeah. a very important feature. And then he closes out verse 5, for every man shall bear his own burden, period. It's our responsibility to maintain, to secure, execute, and maintain our own salvation. That is your burden. Yep. I can't save my kids. I can't save my wife. They have to bear their own burden in that aspect. Yeah. You know, and another thing talking about, um, you know, when you're comparing yourself or comparing your salvation to other people's salvation, or like these Judaizers, that was what they were known for is comparing themselves to other people. Remember, or, or Pharisees or whoever, like when uh, the Pharisee and the publican were praying, yeah. the Pharisee said, thank God that I'm not like this, or he said, I'm not like this. But really the only person you really should be comparing yourself to or what you should be comparing yourself to is what this book tells you. Exactly. Because it's infallible. It's, it's the mirror. One hundred percent it's the mirror, right. right. And 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 this is the same book that you'll be judged by on that day. So 
Yeah. Don't you shouldn't judge your salvation compared to anybody else or watch anybody else. Only focus on what this word does. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you start, you guys ever uh, go ahead. Well, when you start comparing or start um, comparing yourself to what the word says and start comparing yourself to what Jesus says, then right. you won't think of yourself right. as something else. Right. I agree. So. You guys ever watch the uh, the YouTube videos and different things of uh, those? What do they call them? TEDx conferences. Yeah. Yeah. These people are brilliant, man. Yeah. I mean, they're just, some of it's trash. Yeah. You know, some of it's pretty ridiculous. But I remember watching one where and it stood out in my mind because there was this beautiful Irish woman who had this rich, beautiful Irish accent. Mm. And she was talking about a true mirror. She kept talking about a true mirror. <laughs> and I was so drawn to that conversation because she said a true mirror is actually, if you can imagine this, two mirrors that have been joined together in the middle at a 90-degree angle. Yeah. And she said, a flat mirror is not a true mirror. It does not give you a true image of yourself. But when those mirrors are situated at a 90-degree angle and you look into that section, that gives you the exact image of the right and the left of your body or the right and the left of your face. Right. And so... Man, I just made a immediate, you know, connection in my mind. I said that's a great sermon illustration. Mm. You know, uh, you look at your brother's standards, and you might treat that like a mirror, but it's not a true mirror. It's not going to reflect exactly what it should be reflecting. Right. If you look at your brother's profession, it's not going to tell you exactly what you need to hear about your own personal profession. Exactly. So we have to carry our own burden on this. Yeah. Yeah. We have to bear our own burden. Uh, I can't save Zach. I can't save Jeremy. They can't save me. Uh, this is a personal salvation experience here that he's talking about. So great talk. You guys all cashed in. You got everything. Yeah, you? I'm good. Yeah, I love this passage. I think it's great. I think the next one is going to be good, too. I'm excited about that. So you can check us out on YouTube. Search for Brandon Baptist Tabernacle or Cherishing Scripture Podcast. It's there. Uh, these are all downloadable, free for the taking. Hey, send them to a friend or relative. You hear us talking about something that you think somebody could benefit from. We, we're not uh, hiding our light under a bushel. We want to get it out. And so yeah. take advantage of those. And then also our church website, brandonbaptisttabernacle.com. If you have questions, you can email us at, at uh, info at brandonbaptisttabernacle.com. We're glad to receive those, and we'll likely answer those on air. If, um, you know, if you're kind and you're uh, <laughs> it's a constructive <laughs> question, you know, uh, we'll, uh, we'll answer those on air. So, uh Check us out on all those formats and join us again next time. Jeremy Boggs and Zachary Taylor and Pastor Bailey here for the Cherishing Scripture Podcast. How long? 20 minutes. Close. 19. I thought so. <laughs>